Hello, listener. Welcome to the ninth episode of ADR, that is Area de Rigori. I'm your host, Danish Iqbal. My Twitter handle is Danish Sislak, joined every week by my co-host, Maxi Angelo, to discuss and dissect everything going on in Syria and the world of Italian football. Thanks for tuning in and listening on Anchor FM, Apple or Spotify, wherever you're joining us from. Welcome to the ninth edition, if you're still keeping up with us. We made it to episode nine. Uh, that's pretty good. I ain't cancelled yet. <laughs> Maxi, how was your weekend? How was your week? Yeah, it's been a pretty busy, pretty pretty, pretty busy weekend. Uh, but but I'm uh, I'm free today, so my weekend is today. Um, recording this, talking about uh, everything uh, culture. Yeah, baby, and you're spending it with me. How nice! Your days off How spent nice. with good old Don. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to witness Darnish against at machines uh, before. What do you mean Darnish also. against machines? What are, ta- what are you talking about, Maxi? Uh, well, it's a, oh, it's a what, me, thing. <laughs> me not being savvy with computers? Or... Yeah, yep. <laughs> same, <laughs> same story every week. <laughs> oh, come on. It was only a, a 40 minute delay. But still, if it's I'm not... putting you on blast, yes, yes, I am. Jesus Christ. All right, all right. <laughs> well, let's just. <laughs> But wait, stop putting me in blast and let's uh, let's start off the, the the actual podcast, shall we? We'll start <laughs> with the uh, with the Friday fixture, Lazio against Bologna. Lazio getting a three 0 win um, over over since Sinisia Mihalovic's uh, Bologna. I think the key thing here, me that I'm looking at, is that's four clean sheets in a row now for Lazio in the league. So can you play it? I always think Lazio may look a lot more solid and look a lot more. Electric with him playing. Yeah, yeah, it was a deserved win, I think. And, uh, and as you said, I think Sakanji is uh, proving to be a fantastic uh, signing for them. Uh, he w- he was great all season at uh, at Hellas, I think. I think yes, he, yeah. this is. I mean, it's, it's still Serie A, but it's it's an unlo- another level. You mean? I mean, um, and he's. Uh, a very good player, and I think uh, he's proven that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if we see him uh, closer to uh, one of uh, Roberto Mancini's uh, squads in in the near future. Yeah, it, it does seem lo- though like that Mancini does have a lot of options up front, apart from the sort of the centre forward position. The, so sort of like where Zakani plays, which would be. Left wing, I I presume it would be sort of Insigne who takes that. Yeah, but but you know, um, Insigne moving to Toronto could be Zakandi's benefit. Yes, yes. I'm really intrigued to see how actually if that does affect his national team repertoire, if at all. But who who else would sort of so who would start like right wing and left wing off the top of my head? Um, you mean in in the Italian national? Yeah, team? yeah, yeah. For the national team. Uh, well, as it is right now, I would say Insigne to the left and and Chiesa to the right. But Chiesa is injured. Yes, but obviously, well, I mean, Chiesa has the ACL. Yeah, he's injured. Um, so, hmm, it's a good question. I think that the closest to mind, yeah, the heroes yeah. was a long time ago. Sorry, sorry, everybody. We we've literally seen so much club football during that time. We, we've, um, I mean, I could probably rattle it it out to you normally but um i think we're just so obsessed with club football these days we've forgotten but uh, dominico berardi off the top of my head yeah i think 
I think he's the closest to 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 mind. Um, he he started some games in the Euros as well before before Chiesa took his place. And so I would I would presume that he would uh, get a nod. Yeah, but it, he's definitely given Mancini at least something to think about. Zotani came from Hellas Verona, where we saw him combined with. Uh, the all-time favorite on this podcast, Mr. Gianluca Caprari. Yes, shout out to Caprari. Yeah, yeah. He was back on the score sheet this week, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and an assist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about anyway. Um, so yeah, four clean sheets for Lazio. I think finally, I, I don't know how many times we have discussed it this this uh, this season. Lazio, always good up front, always look like they're going to score. Now they might have finally curved the fact that Sarius found out, oh, oh, wait, shit, no, I actually need to not concede goals as well with this team. I think the biggest difference has been in, in the four clean sheets and the four matches, they've had Luis Felipe and Patrick in, in the centre-back partnership rather than Stefan Radu. He's also finally figured out, and I've been crying out for it for so long, uh, and they, they played the, these uh, the full-backs in Marusic and Lazzari, combined really well last year under Simone Inzaghi, and it looks like he's reverted to that now, and he's put Elsa Isai on the bench. They look so much more fluid on that side with Lazzari and Pedro combining, and Milinkovic Savic sort of coming into the pockets as well. Milinkovic Savic is having a blinder of a season. Um, I always just feel like he's like Paul Pogba, but more complete, as in he's less silky, but he'll also score a lot more. Mm, yeah, much... Do you, do you know what I mean? He's he's sort of Higher work rate. He's played so well for this team for so long, and I'm surprised that he's been there for as long as he has. Um, but he's having a fantastic season. And I really want uh, you. You were talking about him, but I I really want to give a shout out to Lazzari because he's he's a terrific option for them on the right. Really is. Uh, he's, you know, he he's uh, his pace makes him so hard. To... He had to he had to convince. Um, Sari of his quality as well for 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 a long time this season because obviously, you know Sari loves bringing over players who who performed Sari ball previously. So El Hisai was his little toy. I think he's like I said, finally figured out that Lazzari can give him something else on that side. Lazzari is one of these players, you know that it's it's of course a bit of an over exaggeration, but he he truly can handle it. A wing on his own. He he has the work rate and he has the like the running capacity and, and the pace to run up and down the wing all all ninety minutes of a game. And I think he's proven that. And I I love that that type of player. And he had a good good um, uh, season last season, but uh, has he struggled a bit this season as as uh, his side has come in. But man, he's really proving his his quality now. Yeah, it, it was really. Good win for for Lazio. Did you see the foul that was given for it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. But the Bologna, the Bologna defender, I think it might have been um, Fiate or Somaro. Was it Somaro? Uh, I think it. Yeah, yeah. It was Somaro. So basically, Somaro. For for those who haven't seen it and. Obviously, now that I mentioned it, you can go back and watch it yourself. Somoro has the ball himself. He's carrying it from his own penalty area out to uh, clear the ball, obviously. And Chido Immobile um, tries to challenge him within that. He sort of shrugs him off the ball, and in shrugging him off the ball, he elbows him 
um, accidentally, of course. But he's Somoto has the ball himself, and the ref gives the penalty. I don't, I, I personally didn't think it was a penalty. No, I, usually the rule is. I mean, it's 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 so diffused nowadays, but but historically the rule has been that you have to have like the ball or at least a scoring opportunity when the foul happens to I mean get a penalty but this was nowhere close no uh, either I, possession I or a scoring penalty a scoring opportunity I don't think it's um I think I don't think we would be wrong in saying though that Chiro Mobile is one of the best not one of the best I mean put this the right way but one of the most famous penalty seducers, shall we say? He loves he loves looking for a penalty constantly. Yeah, I, w- I would love to have some stat on how many penalty he's he's gotten. Yeah, not to not to insult Chiro, but he, he does dive quite frequently. Yeah, no, that's not that that not necessarily a bad thing, especially in Syria where you get basically a penalty for um for anything really for for. For simply touching the opposition, you get a penalty. Um, <laughs> not not the worst thing that that Chiro Mobile has that uh, that ability, but uh, it was a good win for Lazio. I feel like they've maybe turned a corner now defensively. Yeah, it it, it definitely seems that way. And uh, as you said when we entered the segment, this is what they have lacked before, and it was so crucial for them to to get control of their defense because they were simply conceding too much before. Yeah, let's let's see if they can they can continue it. I loved also just to just to close that up, I loved seeing Sincere Mihalevich's reaction to that first one. He was just laughing yeah. and grinning in his uh, in his flat cap. Like seriously you're gonna give it for that. Um but Bologna I think need to find different outlets than simply Getting down the right and getting down the left and crossing it for Anatovic and Orsolini. I feel like the players they have, they could do a lot better with them, with, with some with the, the football that that is being played by some of the mid table sides in Syria, like Sassuolo or Hellas Verona, for example. I think maybe uh, a coach with a bit more of an attacking philosophy or more of an attack minded um, concept could sort of elevate Bologna or at least get them playing prettier football. I don't I can't tell whether I'm being optimistic with them because they are doing all right in the league. Um and I don't know what you think, Maxi. No, I agree. Uh, actually I I when I predicted this season I I, I took uh, hell uh, Bologna as uh, they have as some handy players. They have handy handy really players. Like squ- yeah, I really like the squad they have and uh, they have the they have like the the um, what's the English word for it? Uh, they have a squad for uh, for playing a, a beautiful and enjoying fo- uh, entertaining football. Or, or better than they do. Like for instance, I think they have a better squad than Udinese. For sure, I w- I would say they maybe even have a better squad than Sassuolo uh, overall. Oh, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, defensively, they have some very underrated players. I think. Um, I really only two, only two points behind Sassuolo with uh, with a game in hand, but Sassuolo, I feel like, have a very good young of, nucleus of, 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 of like sort of 
exciting young talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, good. Make sure yeah, you do I take, take that back. back. I take that back. Putting me on blast because I can plug the damn computer. Um, but anyway. <laughs> but but I mean, I, I do think that, that Sassuolo, uh, sorry, Bologna has some very underrated players, def- at, at least defensively, in Theat and... Uh, and uh, Schrauten and Hickey. And yeah. I, yeah. I really and like I those players. I think they'll stick with Mihailovic because, quite frankly, they're, they're just about where they should be, right? Yeah. Yeah, in the, in the league on, on 28 points in, in 13th. Um, so that was the that was the game to open us up on Friday. Of course, of course, there was the big top-of-the-table clash between, well, second and third now because AC Milan went top this weekend. But coming into it, it was... Um, it was Inter Napoli who were first and second, so this was hailed as a as a massive match on Saturday, and it, and it was, of course, things are really heating up at the top. Yeah, especially now when uh, when Milan has um, entered the top, and they, I think they have two fairly easy game. You should never say game is easy, but favorable games coming up. Um, Meanwhile, I think Inter still has some tough games to play uh, in the near future. Um, so it will be. <laughs> I I think this is perhaps the the most entertaining Serie A season in a in a very long time because. Of course, of course, and it's not just us saying that and trying to sell this podcast and, and make sure everybody listen to it loads. This is a real title race now. I think maybe three or four weeks ago, like we said before. It was uh, everybody was so hoping, saying, "Okay, yeah, maybe it's close, but into a win." Now, I I think all bets are off the table, and it's all because of Oliver Jaru. Yeah, what a what a game that was. Um, Inter really had to pay for for not taking their chances. Yeah, the the Inter Napoli game, you could see the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium was on fire. It was an absolute cauldron. You could see the the fans really feel as though this could be one of the, some of the, one of their best shots at Scudetto for a while. Um, funnily enough, it's it's sort of deviating away from what Napoli are normally associated with, so not the bizarre or the profane or the or the complete magical, whimsical sort of strange, chaotic football. Or or do you know what I mean? Like under under Sari, it was more sort of rock and roll. But it's it's more calm and composed than the Spalletti. It's more measured. Yeah, yeah, it's more structured and organized. It's it's weird. It's it's deviating away from what Napoli are usually associated with. But they might have their best chance in years. Um, I, I thought Inter Milan were were lucky to come away with with the, with a point in this. Granted, they fought back really well in the second half, but Napoli had more than enough chances to put them away. Yeah, for sure, and and uh, Zielinski had a, had a shot in the post uh, there as well, uh, which with some luck could have been two two nil. Um, and if if they got that goal, I, I it would be tough for Inter to come back from that. Uh, yeah. So they li- they really looked like they were rocking and a little bit on the ropes. Yeah. Um, in the first half, I felt like they needed a, a calm ahead. In, in midfield, which normally is provided by Marcelo Brozovic, but Napoli's players, they were sort of dragging defenders out 
everywhere, and then dragging the, the, the midfielders out everywhere as well on the on the left and right wing. Giovanni Di Lorenzo in particular was a real real nuisance on the right. He was pushing up as far as uh, as, as next to the strikers. He was crossing balls in. He had a great shot that just went wide as well. He was uh, he was an absolute nuisance uh, on the right, in particular in the first half. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think that um, I wouldn't necessarily particularly say that he had a bad game, but you really noticed also that Inter was lacking a lot uh, in their back three with uh, Di Marco instead of uh, uh, Di Marco in. Bastoni, uh, sorry. Yes, uh, it was that. It was that side that was causing them the most grief because Perisic was obviously trying to get up the pitch and attack, but Di, Di Marco was also attacking. I was like, "What are you doing? You're not Bastoni." Um, like De Vrij and Skriniar needed help. And having said that as well, I, I think Lambos might be ringing for Inter fans when they see Stefan De Vrij's performance. Or that his performance in the last few weeks, he is clearly, I think, on the decline. I would just about to say that they cannot be happy with his season this year. He he's not been close to his his level last he, he year. Was I I thought he was one of the most dominant centre backs last year, and that back three was one of the best in in the world, and possibly even the best defense in the world last year. Um, They've shown that at times this year they can be gotten at. Even Skriniar made a mistake, um, which which almost led to to an Napoli goal. Yeah, I think that um, the how should you say consistency of their back three hasn't been the same this year. Uh, last year it was consistently at a high level, which it has not been this year. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Having said all that. They showed sort of their their, tie, their championship winning credentials in the second half when they came back to get a point from the game. It, it's it's uh, as we talked about after the Venezia game when they came back at at the very end that this Inter team never gives. They just up. have knack, man. Yeah. They just they just have that knack of of knowing, especially when you have someone as wise as Inzeko. I. <laughs> I mean, we gotta give Edin Dzeko some credit, man. Everyone thought, like, oh, they they lost Lukaku. They get Dzeko, who's a good striker, but not great. But man, has he gone in and been a great striker this season? Yeah, completely agree with that. I'm not sure if Latoro Martinez scores the goal that Dzeko does. No, that was like a real poacher's goal after after it came, sort of. Ricocheting in the box and uh, gave Inter a lifeline. This might be one of those games where they'll look back and think we did well to get a point there. Um, Napoli had quite a few chances. You know, it was you know how well Napoli played when Handanovic was one was man of the match. I felt uh, with the <laughs> amount of saves that he made. Yeah, there was also a funny. Well, I thought it was funny, but in the, in the second half, Borella gave it away. Like right near the edge of his box, which sort of I think that the miscued pass released Ossiman, and he almost scored, and and Handanovic, uh, Handanovic saved it. The the cameras, like you could see at the bottom of the camera, Simone Inzaghi had his hands on his head because you could tell, <laughs> like, oh shit, Ossiman's through, and we could lose this. But honestly, that could be a crucial point in the title race for for Inter. Um, the Maradona Stadium was on their backs, the crowd was roaring, Napoli were 
jubilant in the first half, but I think they weathered the storm well enough to to get something out of that. And that is their difficult period, not not over, because they still have Liverpool to come and then Sassuolo no easy feat. But then after that, they have Genoa, uh, Milan in Coppa Italia, but then Salanitana, Torino, Fiorentina. Maybe they can get uh, some more points on the board and then it's Juve. But um, I think things are really heating up now. I think so too. Um, I mean, bo- both Milan and Inter have some some good schedules now. Um, I thought that Inter's uh, was a bit tougher than when I actually saw it, uh, but Sassuolo is no easy game. Um, and never. And you know, then Milan has Salernitana away, uh, Udinese at home, and then Napoli, uh, and you know. <laughs> Udinese is a, kind of a boogie team for Milan, so that that game can also become important. It's in, in about uh, a week, week and a half. So yeah, it will be an exciting schedule coming up now. Yeah, all to play for, I think, at the top. There was another big game that happened on the weekend. It was the last one Sunday evening between Juve and Atalanta. It was a draw which means that Juve stay in fourth. Atalanta are two points back off them, albeit with a game in hand. It was 1-1. It was a good game to watch. I really am enjoying the addition that Dusan Vlahovic is bringing to this team. They have a focal point. Allegri finally looks like he's cracked, that, okay, I can play 4-3-3, and I have a striker who actually doesn't care about being the main man. He just wants to link up and play well. Um, I think I said it last week as well when Morata said, I have somebody who can link up with me now, and it's not just me, but Juve have actually played some nice stuff in this game against Atalanta. Um, and it was, I felt, the trifecta of Dybala, Blahovic, and Morata linking up well. There was one pass that Dybala did. Um, oh, it was scrumptious. You, did you see it, Maxi? Yeah, it yeah, I saw it. You know when the ball moves and then sort of uh, Spins or dovetails back exactly in the correct position that the the that the ball wants to go into. Yeah, that's basically what happened, and and he went to Vlavic, but he he made the wrong decision basically, and then sort of the attack broke down. But but Dybala was dropping deep, thinking up play, um, getting the ball from centre backs, getting the ball from midfielders, and then sort of linking up with Vlavic or, or trying to cause trouble up um up front. Whilst Vlahovic could be the main focal point up and occupy the uh, centre backs. Yeah, Dybala in, in the last few weeks, both in the in Serie A and Coppa Italia, he's really proven that he he should be like the main man offensively. Uh, he's provided amazing assists and most of all crucial assists. And 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 as you said, Vlaovic has given Juventus an edge they didn't have before. Uh, and, and to be frankly honest, I if this game was maybe a month ago, I don't think that Juventus would be, be come back. From no, it. Um, no, 